Hello, leaders. Welcome to season five of the Leaders Lead, Leaders Read podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Shantae Scroggins, and I am excited about this fifth season. There'll be more commentary than book review, more discussion about toxic leadership. We'll get into crafting a philosophy of leadership and why our opinions and experiences just aren't good enough for grounding ourselves in our leadership style. We'll talk a little bit about some things I'm observing in leadership and being a leader, and maybe a few gaps in the literature. Some things we don't train for as leadership professionals. Let's dig in. Stay tuned. Leaders, they lead and leaders, they read. Hello, leaders. Welcome back to the Leaders Lead, Leaders Read podcast. And we are continuing our discussion on cultural intelligence. This is part two. Now, by way of review, we are looking at the cultural intelligence model by David Livermore. And he has a great book called Leading with Cultural Intelligence. And if you go back to season one, you can hear the review of that book. But this is a deeper dive into cultural intelligence in this series of discussions this season on examining our behaviors and looking at the warning signs or the markers to avoid toxicity in our leadership practice. Now, Livermore has this four-part model for cultural intelligence. And if you're listening now and you haven't heard cultural intelligence part one, stop right now and listen to that one, (laughs) Uh, where we covered element number one is drive, the motivation of a leader, the willingness to personally engage and to adjust to cultural differences. Then we looked at knowledge, element number two of this model, how well we understand the function of culture how culture shapes environments and businesses and how systems and practices combine to create culture. Um, This was a good part of it. And with knowledge, there's so many different ways to take in understanding about cultures from studying a foreign language. Many of us have grade school and college memories of trying to learn another language, then you can read international books or watch international movies. I love movies with subtitles. Um, So there are ways to kind of bring you into understanding there. Then be aware of what's happening in the world. Um, Are you listening to or reading or tapped into a global news source. So those are some things about knowledge. Now we're moving into the other two parts of this model today. The first is strategy. Technically number three, it is strategy. How should you plan 
for cultural intelligence. And here's what Livermore says, leaders with high CQ strategy develop ways to use their cultural understanding to develop plans for new intercultural situations. Basically, plan for cultural intelligence. Plan to be in situations that are culturally diverse. These leaders are better able to monitor, analyze, and adjust their assumptions and behaviors in different cultural settings. They're conscious of what they need to know about an unfamiliar culture. Put forth the effort. Do the homework. Um, This is how you develop CQ strategy. I think this big one is planning for it. Um, I have a bad habit, especially as I first started learning about networking and then later on networking as an introvert. I look for sameness. I plan to be around people who are the same. And so developing cultural intelligence for me in a lot of ways looks like planning for the differences, planning to meet new people, planning for you, um, wonderfully perky extroverts. (laughs) So plan for cross-cultural interactions, then increase our awareness. Look at your contacts, social media, in your phone, wherever. How different are the people you associate with? We don't, we're not talking friendships here, just people. How many different kinds of people do you know? Um, There's a wonderful service called Meetup. I'm wondering for those of you who live outside of the United States, if you have something like this, I'm sure you do. But there are opportunities to attend cultural events, to attend small groups of certain kinds, you know. And you can find those and just expose yourself. The last way to develop strategy is to debrief. After you plan for these cross-cultural interactions and then have cross-cultural interactions, then check on whether your assumptions and plans were appropriate. How on point were you in your planning? Okay? Livermore says, the time you devote to becoming a more mindful leader will directly correlate with your development as a culturally intelligent leader, particularly in the area of awareness and leading strategically across cultures. Now, also uh, in Cultural Intelligence Part 1, the previous episode, we broadly defined culture. So you'll want to hear that. Um, Livermore speaks to experiences outside of our home countries. But in our broader definition of culture, this could be the people you live with, (laughs) the people you work with, your neighbors, the people at your grocery store, the people in your faith community. There are differences in culture all around us. So ways that we can practice developing CQ strategy, asking why. And Livermore says that five times is a good rule of thumb. 
but getting to the deeper level of an issue. We still haven't heard back from this client. Why? They wouldn't sign the contract before they left. Why? They're uncomfortable that the representative we sent them is no longer managing their account. Why? Trust takes time with this group of people. But why? Because trust is built on relationships, not documents. See? So, personally, making these kinds of assessments, becoming more intuitive, then keep a record of intercultural reflections. What are you, what are we learning in our interactions with others? How are we learning to adjust and adapt? And we are building a personal handbook of behaviors, which can be helpful in training and onboarding future team members. Then remove those blind spots. Start to examine cross-cultural situations in what you see and what you read. Um, remove those blind spots. You can pick up things by observation. And then again, actively plan and when in a cultural diverse setting, uh, see if there is someone around who can be a coach for you. This doesn't have to be formal, but you can watch someone who's modeling good cultural intelligence. Now, the last part of this model is action. Action, action, action. Let's look at what Livermore says about leaders with high CQ action. Knowing what behaviors one needs to adjust. This is changing our verbal and nonverbal actions appropriately when interacting cross-culturally. Leaders with high CQ action can draw on the other three capabilities of cultural intelligence to translate their enhanced motivation, understanding, and planning into action. They possess a broad repertoire of behaviors which they can use depending on the context. I love that broad repertoire puts me in the mind of an actor or someone trained um, to understand and to be flexible in certain situations. First thing we consider with action, learn what practices and taboos are most important. This is organizational culture. Knowing what's acceptable in an office culture, knowing what's acceptable in a part of the country that's different from where you live and work, knowing what's acceptable in another country other than your home country. Look for feedback. I had a customer come into my office last week. English was not his first language. And he wanted to discuss at length. Um, he was there. Uh, he was doing the legwork for his son, who was the focus of our discussion. And another person was responsible for 
meeting him and having this discussion, did not have the patience, did not have the ear, came to me. I had, I've always loved languages, always had a bit of an ear for them and had the best time talking to this man. <laughs> um, understood pretty quickly what he was wanting to work with, but he wanted someone to listen. And I was able to give him an answer, explain the process. I was in and out of English and his language, just a little bit I knew. And before he left, I, I did ask, how do you say, have a good weekend? He said it. I butchered it. He repeated it. I repeated it after him and then wished him a good weekend. <laughs> but it was it was just a small thing. But he was so appreciative. Oh, my goodness. Y'all, little steps go a long way. But looking for feedback when we take action, allowing people to teach us and to correct us so that we can grow in our cultural intelligence. Um, also, bringing a buddy, having someone with us when we enter cross-cultural situations um, can bring other rewards and be more effective than going alone. Assess for cultural intelligence in action in all management hiring. Having an increasingly diverse workforce is a strategic choice, but it's not simply enough to have the representation. Every management position, especially positions held by individuals coming from the dominant culture, should be held by people with culturally intelligent behavior. Don't just bring in um, people of color, women of color, men of color, uh, just to be diverse, but make sure that these diverse new hires are culturally intelligent. And the final thing for action is to show some respect. Have a zero tolerance policy uh, for yourself, for your families, for your businesses, if you're a team lead for your teams, consider where you wield influence and there have a zero tolerance policy for inappropriate jokes and language directed to, toward any specific cultural groups. These things help us to demonstrate cultural intelligence and in my mind, this goes a long way towards good citizenship. So strategy is using our cultural knowledge to plan appropriately and accurately interpret needs and expectations in a cross-cultural setting. Action is how we can behave appropriately in a range of cross-cultural situations. This is our speech. This is our behavior. This is our verbal and nonverbal communication. When taken together, drive, knowledge, strategy, and action in high levels can have a strong positive effect for our teams. If you all don't have this book, <laughs> you need this book. 
if you all aren't discussing cultural intelligence, you should be discussing cultural intelligence. I know that's a little bossy. It's not really my place to tell you what to do, but going to kind of strongly suggest here that we begin to individually assess ourselves and figure out ways to bring CQ into our team environments, into our families, uh, so that if you are looking at this from a familial perspective, you can raise better humans and better contributors to society in your workplace. We can broaden people's understanding, uh, their foundation, their base of understanding with cultural intelligence. Now, cultural intelligence doesn't really get as much fame and attention as emotional intelligence, but they work together. Managing your feelings and managing your cross-cultural interactions absolutely goes together and so this would help us in our expression of the hot topics politics religion strong opinions soap boxes um, choosing which hill to die on building relationships uh, networking building alliances when big projects need to happen um, CQ and EQ work together. And I think if we include in our discussion of emotional intelligence, cultural intelligence, it can only help us um, increase our sensitivity, demonstrate more respect for others, and then even encourage positive curiosities that allow us to learn, um, you know, beware of the potlucks, but <laughs> if you're going to engage or observe cultural holidays, that's a great way to learn, especially if there's a way you can bring it in that would increase learning on the effects to the business. That would be a great way to bring in cultural intelligence to the discussion. As always, I'm always interested in what you all are doing where you work. If, if you are implementing cultural intelligence in your workplace, in your families, send me a message because I want to know how you're doing it. <laughs> and I want to learn from your best practices. So look around, look within, and, and see how cultural intelligence and the practice of drive, knowledge, strategy, and action can improve you and I as individuals and can improve the environments where we work, where we play, where we worship. And let's pass these ideas forward and in this way, avoid toxic behaviors, all right? So until we're together again, lead well, don't be toxic. The Leaders Lead, Leaders Read podcast is sponsored by the Center for Legacy Driven Leadership, where we share the language of leadership 
through toxic leadership awareness and transformational leadership development that is rooted in leadership theory. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Legacy Leadership Center. Leaders, oh, they need. Leaders, oh, they need.